0: Yo, the votes are in from ACC Media Days, and the Miami Hurricanes are picked to win the Coastal. Not the ACC, but the Coastal. So can we keep recruiting the type of players that can actually get us winning the conference in years to come? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dano, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes here today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube as well. So they finally tallied those votes from the media who attended the ACC kickoff last week. And they do have Miami. They received 96 votes winning the Coastal fending off the likes of Pittsburgh and Virginia and Virginia Tech and UNC to win that coastal division. They've got Clemson winning the Atlantic, and they do have Clemson winning the conference. So if it does come down to Miami versus Clemson at a championship game, they're expecting Clemson to get back to the top of that ACC mountain. But it's been a busy couple of weeks in recruiting, and I want to dive headfirst back into it. So let's bring on our very good friend, John Garcia from Sports Illustrated. I want to remind everyone that John Garcia Jr. joins us weekly thanks to LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn Jobs slash College. Terms and conditions apply. John is the Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. John, thank you so much for stopping by. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well, Alex. It's, it's a busy time of year. It just seems like we keep saying that, but... Yeah, even after a little vacation, uh, jumping right back into it, a lot of Miami targets and national targets coming off the board right before the season begins. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of names to sort through.
0: Miami fans were sweating over the weekend when they got word that four-star linebacker Malik Bryant was postponing his announcement. So he was getting the crystal balls for Miami and really worried he's postponed it. Does that mean he wants to go to Florida? So it didn't happen. The announcement did not happen Saturday. I will say that there, even though he postponed it, the buzz has gotten even more positive in Miami's favor. There's been some really good reporting on that, and there's actually more crystal balls now coming in, pointing Malik Bryant to Miami and word that he could announce this week as soon as later on today. So what are you hearing on Malik Bryant? I'm hearing similar, Alex. I think going into
1: it, there was a – several weeks of Miami buzz but right before we got to that July 20th sort of window I started hearing a lot of Florida buzz I heard the Gators had really uh, kind of doubled down on, on that pitch to Malik you know they've got their own IMG pipeline growing he's a former IMG player at this point and, and I heard some of those connections were coming back around for the the Gators favor so the moment I heard that he might postpone I, I thought that would be Good news, depending on how long he postponed it. You know, I thought if it was a day or two, it would probably still be good news for the Gators. So my gut was, was still there. But now following the weekend into to this week, like everyone else, I'm hearing more about Miami pulling back even or ahead of Florida in this race. And I think it shows you just how contentious this thing has been for Malik. He's an elite linebacker who could rush the passer. He could play off the football. He could fill the alley. He's really a three-down prospect that has this specialty as a pass rusher that you, you truly want in this day and age of college football. So naturally, Florida and Miami going back and forth. And I think in terms of the head-to-heads between the Canes and, and the Gators, This one feels as close as Jaden Rashada did at one point, where you're like, this thing was Gators. He pushes it back, and you're like, wait, will will Jaden get down to Miami? Yes. As soon as he took the visit, you're like, okay, Miami's race to lose. Miami wins out in in the recruitment. Not as cut and dry for Bryant, especially because we don't know how far he's pushing it back. But my gut is if if he is pushing it back just to this week, I think the buzz for Miami is still tangible and strong. But if it starts to leak – into august and into deeper into the fall potentially i do think then it could bounce back and forth towards florida or one source told me a dark horse could come in alabama could swoop back around maybe a usc so i do think the timeline here is really critical for bryant uh sooner the better from the canes perspective and probably the gator perspective as well it it still feels pretty close
0: I, I have heard from a few Alabama fans. Like they they found me. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I've got like a few man, <laughs> and it's all it's all love because you know, I don't mind when people come in and talk a little trash. I actually I enjoy reading the comments, but there's a handful of Alabama fans who have found the show. And every time I talk about like a player Miami is targeting, they're all like, Oh, don't even Alabama's gonna come in and take this guy. <laughs> like they say it. They've been saying it about Okun Lola, they've been saying it about Malik Bryant as well. uh yeah, but as far as weird recruiting stories go um you know your job is very interesting every single day give me your perspective on what happened this past saturday with peyton kirkland now when it actually came down to kirkland making his announcement um i wasn't expecting miami to land him but really up until so he makes his announcement i think it was on saturday or yeah and so earlier that day was when people started to hear a lot of buzz for Texas who he ultimately committed to but i don't think he made a visit there and they weren't on the graphic like they weren't considered a finalist so how does he go from not considering Texas to announcing Texas and what was what was it like covering that
1: well it, it it is a great example of how one things can shift so quickly in recruiting, just in general, right? You, you think these are my options, and then you find out, well, maybe not. And then you have to react from there. So I think it's a good example of that, and it's also a good case study on timing. I think if Peyton Kirkland commits in April or May, every offer's on the table. He's a take at every school. There's space. There's movement uh, for him afforded at, at all these places. But I think because a lot of big fish along the offensive line started committing, to Miami, to Florida, to Oklahoma, three of his legitimate finalists, and maybe the top three in his brain a week ago, the spots started to fill up a little bit. So I'm not sure when he was aware of that and and had to uh, create this Texas momentum. But a couple days before the announcement, yeah, I got a text from a good friend that that you and I both know who said, hey, um, I'm hearing Peyton Kirkland, Texas. And I'm like, the longhorns like university <laughs> of Texas. I'm like, he it was, are you sure you're not talking about Oklahoma? They were in it. Texas main rival. He goes, no, 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 Texas. Uh, so yeah, I, th- that was surprising to me, but then you start to kind of put all those dominoes together and you, you start start to understand, you know, that, Hey, options change. You know, I yeah. think we, we look at recruiting as, Hey, every hat on the table is the same value and, and you have the same spot at every school. It's just not the case and again there's been this rush we've talked about it all summer june visits july decisions i mean the whole world has come off the board it feels like in college football recruiting in the last month or so so being on the tail end of that is a little bit risky relative to some of the positions that are open so that's why the buzz with kirkland has shifted so much in the early spring it was all florida then miami started to push for, for some of this buzz into the month of june maybe even all the way Into July, he took officials to Michigan State and Oklahoma. Both of them had brief moments of capturing the most buzz with Kirkland. And there was never a mention, there was never a visit or even the possibility of a visit with Texas. And according to Peyton himself, yeah, he – he started to see what was was happening. The writing was on the wall, and he made a phone call to Kyle Flood, the O-line coach at, at UT, and apparently there was space, even though they had four O-linemen already on board. Uh, so he decided to uh, give him the benefit of the doubt and commit sight unseen, which used to be a thing more than it is now, uh, especially with a kid committing in the summer. Usually with a, when a kid commits to a school that he's never been to, he's either a late riser. You know he comes out of nowhere and it's signing day and there's just not a lot of time to take visits or there's there's a dead period something like that or it's a kid who has that familiarity with a coaching staff and just kind of trusts hey I don't need to take this visit I know what these coaches are going to do but of course that that doesn't really resonate uh, with with Kirkland in, in, in any event although Sarkeesian and Flood were at Alabama Kirkland was a, a target early on for the Crimson Tide but it's hard to imagine a truly fostered relationship uh, between both parties more than two years ago at this point uh, for a kid who committed this weekend so uh kind of crazy certainly uh rare uh and, and obviously surprising those last couple of days hearing the Texas buzz and and then on top of it Peyton is like tweeting against Texas right like he sees the buzz <laughs> he's like this is fake news um I, I think he swore against Texas at one point uh, yeah. and he even asked like why would I go to Texas I mean yeah. he he was a fan, it seemed like for, for a part of that. So truly bizarre in that regard to either smoke screen it and ham it up to the point where you're pushing back against it or to you know have that late true change of heart and, and surprise a lot of people along the way. Just definitely something we don't see a lot uh, on the recruiting trail. but when you're recruiting the state of Florida, you got to be ready. We, we've got unique personalities in this state that are willing to bet on themselves and I think he's a great example as, as to both of those points.
0: Sure do. And there's a number of other players we want to get John's take on. So make sure you keep it locked here. Uh, A wide receiver who Miami is seemingly on zero to 60 with in a very short period of time. Uh, There's a big defensive tackle who's got Miami on his list. I wonder if there's something brewing there. Uh, You know, we still need to talk with John about a couple of offensive linemen, including a six foot seven monster from the state of South Carolina. So, Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And make sure you check out our great partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for your sports wagering info from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head over to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening right now. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts, and available free on YouTube. John Garcia, head of uh, football recruiting from Sports Illustrated, joins us. Uh, John, the last couple of days, there's been a lot of buzz about a four-star wide receiver. He's played high school ball to this point at Dade Christian. He's transferring to, uh, to Avant-Garde, which I don't know a whole lot about. But uh, I mm. like this player. <laughs> Nobody seems to know a lot about Avant-Garde. Uh, but I, you know, uh, we're talking about wide receiver William Foles, who... People have been sending me a lot of messages. I've been talking to some people about him where it looks like Miami is a very strong favorite. He's going to make his announcement August 3rd. I'm expecting him to pick Miami. I'm not allowed to log crystal balls, but I've logged a Dono ball for William Foles to Miami. What can you tell me about this player and Miami's pursuit of him?
1: Well, first of all, the player, I mean, just a big physical, productive prospect, six to 200 pounds uh, and plays like it. You know, he's not a finesse player in, in any way. He's great after the catch and, and just hard to deal with for, for the conventional corner, even in, in the South Florida or state of Florida area. And he's he's dominated really at every setting, uh, playing at Dave Christian, double-digit to touchdowns despite missing some games last year as a junior while being the focal point of really the entire team, which is kind of hard to do down here in South Florida. Uh, and then in the off season, man, every camp, every seven on uh, this kid strikes you with his physicality because he looks like he's already in college, you know, so again, six, two, six, three, 200 pounds and, and cut up pretty well, long arms kind of high waisted exactly how you'd build kind of a conventional wide receiver one. Um, and he flashes all the time. He was the MVP among receivers at the Under Armour Miami camp, which was the last time I saw him. Loved him that day. And uh, yeah, from that point, his recruitment has started to change. You know, it looked like that day he said, hey, I'm going to probably go out of state for college. You know, were looking at Georgia, Ole Miss, I think Lane Kiffin had just offered him. Texas A&M was involved. So you, you kind of understood, OK, yeah, I mean, big receiver, physical prospect, SEC, we get it. But then it's completely done 180 since that point. And now it looks like Miami is the favorite and Florida State is the primary competition. So for, mm. from a kid who thought he was leaving the state to one who's maybe focused on two of the three power five schools in the state, pretty interesting turn of events. But just like we talked about with Peyton Kirkland, the board changes. And I think you know there's a million good receivers in the state of Florida, so it's hard to figure how that miami board looked in january and how it's shifted to this point um there's some big wins on there right uh ray ray uh joseph flipping from clemson was as big as it gets for miami but then you lost the commitment of andy Jean from miami yeah. northwestern so there's, there's a give and take there jalen brown commits to lsu uh and now all of a sudden you're you're not scrambling but you're you're reshuffling the deck a little bit but locally because you're in south florida there's multiple big physical targets to fill some of that counter to what Ray Ray brings as, as more of a slot type of receiver and, and your William Foles is your Ikeem Williams is of the world really you know fill that void in, in Dade and Broward County respectively the difference is that Foles is ready to commit now uh, and I think mm. he's felt that Miami love over the last few weeks in particular after Gene's decommitment he looks like he might be A Florida Gator before all is said and done. So I think if Miami has realized that, which if we're talking about it, they probably knew about it ahead of time, (laughs) you start to shift the board on your own end. And I think that's sort of the circumstance to where foals became a little bit more of a realistic option. And and again, the size, the production, the location certainly uh, lends itself towards, you know, it being a popular Pick up should he pick Miami? Florida State has prioritized him, I would say, longer than the Canes, and they've gotten him on campus uh, recently as well. Uh, but so is Miami, and and there's there's kind of a a doubling down on keeping kids local, which is priority one for Mario Cristobal and, and that offensive staff has a lot of optimism around it. We, we've seen this recruiting run Miami has been on. Um, it's been more quarterbacks and big guys up front, but now I think it's going to start reciprocating more with wide receivers and skill skill position prospects as well. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Foles is a cane uh, on August 3rd. He's been tweeting about this commitment um, and building his own buzz in the process. So I think he's going to be your typical South Florida chip on your shoulder kind of receiver, especially because – He's not as highly ranked as some of these other guys, and I think that'll be a good thing for Miami both now and and certainly when he gets to campus.
0: This has to be one of the first times in this cycle where Florida State is even in the same mix with a Miami player, which is just interesting to me because when you look at the players Miami is after – you tend to see Florida a lot, even if Miami's winning most of those battles. I just I have to throw that in there, John. It's a quota. I need to trash Florida on every single episode. Um, you know, you see you see Alabama in most all of these. You know, LSU makes appearances and all that, but you like you rarely see Florida State in the mix for the same players as Miami. Uh, like, w- what's going on in Florida State? Uh, is, is Mike Norvell asleep at the wheel?
1: I wouldn't go that far, but look, it's it's definitely different. Um, like you said, Alex, I mean, these these primary battles in Florida uh, have Miami competing with the Gators, most likely in state, and then it's the big boys out of state. It's Ohio State, Clemson, Bama, Georgia. A&M is going to factor in for some of these South Floridians like they do every cycle. That That's been the primary competition. So You've seen Miami win some of those, and it's a head-turning moment, and and then you've seen them lose a few, right? Jonelle Aguero over the weekend picks Georgia, and it's you're just kind of like, oh, okay, I get it, um, but but it's not it's not Florida State, and even Florida for a lot of these prospects, and I do think that says a lot about Florida State's trajectory in this class. I mean, outside of the offensive line position, where I actually think they're building a pretty nice class, there's a whole lot of question marks on that FSU uh, commitment list, and and, and other schools. Have been able to, to come into Florida and, and even the panhandle and Tallahassee in particular and pull prospects out. Amari Borden is committed to Stanford. Raylan Wilson was committed to Michigan. Now he's flipped to Georgia. Uh Makari Vickers has a lot of Alabama buzz. He's he's a kid from Tallahassee. I mean, so there's there is legitimate concern, not, not just because I'm on a Miami podcast, but it's not even about FSU being third in the state. It's about FSU falling maybe further down that list, uh, you know, as time goes on. And and that's something that honestly should really never happen. And I think that's part of the reason why there's still so many unanswered questions, despite Norvell being, I think, the longest tenured coach between Miami, Florida, Florida State and UCF with Gus right? Rose on. Um, so, yeah, that's certainly um, something to keep an eye on. But there's no doubt that both Miami and Florida have surpassed Florida State in recruiting Tangibly and in the expectation department, which is again not something you want as a Florida State fan, given that, you know, UF and UM have rookie head coaches, at least at the schools that they're at.
0: Now UCF is trying to climb that ladder. Their fans would tell you they're already at the top, you know, 2007. National champs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> National champs. And they are they are trending for a really good player, John. And like I, I'm not trying to turn this into a UCF podcast because I wanted to bring this player up because Miami are also among his finalists. But John Walker, 310 pound, six foot three. Defensive tackle out of Kissimmee, so he's in that area. He's a local player for them. Uh, He put out his announcement date is going to be 6 p.m. on Thursday, and his finalists are Florida, Ohio State, Michigan, UCF, and Miami – and I've noticed most of the crystal balls being logged for that player are now the ones that have come out the last couple of days because there was Ohio State buzz earlier. But the predictions coming out the last couple of days are pointing him to UCF. But Miami is in that mix. So what can you tell me about uh, about John Walker?
1: Uh, old school interior defensive lineman. I mean, this is a guy who five years ago we'd be like, hey, that, that kid's an SEC kid he's going to help stuff the run against LSU or Bama or or Georgia, wherever he's, he's headed. Um, But yeah, his recruitment has gone much more national than regional. Um, And we've seen buzz shift with him. John does a really good job of keeping things close to the vest. And I think that's why there's been some uncertainty around just where he may be leaning. I think there's been buzz with all four of the five schools that he's listed. I think Michigan's maybe on the outside looking in compared to the other four, but Earlier in the spring, there was some Miami buzz. Florida started to combat that later in the spring, and then once we got into the summer, it felt like he was Ohio State's maybe to lose. But but now here, just a couple days before the commitment goes down, yeah, there's a sense that UCF might be able to keep him home, which would be just huge for Gus Malzahn and company. They've worked the portal well, uh, they've worked the region well, and they've even gone you know outside of the southeastern footprint. But in terms of keeping elite Orlando native's home, It's it's been tough because of Miami's resurgence, because of Florida's resurgence, and then other schools are still recruiting uh, the area consistently as well out of the state. So it's been tough sledding uh, for Gus Malzon on the recruiting front. So uh, a banner win like this, I think, would, would really go a long way. Not only is he an Orlando guy, like you said, coming out of Kissimmee, but a true position uh, of premium, I mean, an, an interior defensive lineman is something everybody needs. Uh, yeah. So to win against pure Power Five and national programs, uh, including some in the state, I think would say a lot for for this UCF class, which probably needs some juice at this point. I think they're a little a little bit under expectation in terms of how they've been recruiting in, in their own right. So I do think this could be a, a nice Kickstarter if Walker elects to stay home and and play uh, for the Knights as as they head into the Big Twelve.
0: Now, UCF is not a finalist for David Hicks, who's from the state of Texas. Uh, I think he's the top-ranked defensive tackle still on the board. Uh, very different player from John Walker because he's yes. uh, he's smaller and quicker. He's like the new breed of defensive tackle. Uh, earlier this month, he released his top seven, which are Alabama, Miami, Michigan State. So you can already see great company here. Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, and Texas a m Texas a m are considered the favorite Um, Is it just me or things seem pretty quiet for David Hicks at the moment? Obviously, this is a player I would love Miami to land if they could.
1: Yeah, Miami's d- done their right work here. You know, this was a guy that Ball and his staff were recruiting when they were at Oregon. Again, big national recruit uh for multiple years already. So, we've seen Miami have success with those guys, right? Francis Maui Goa, Riley Williams, who who committed uh, earlier this month, certainly Jaden Wayne, uh the, the pass rusher from Tacoma, Washington, now at IMG. All those guys were crystal ball targets at Oregon. So there's been some carryover success. And I think uh, all of those were at one point kind of upsets, right? I mean, Maui Goa was at one point seemingly destined for the West Coast uh, or the SEC. You know, I think Wayne at one point was he named Alabama his leader. Uh, Riley Williams is a kid from Portland. So the Oregon Ducks were always kind of the layup school to pick for him, even having changed coaching staff. So Crystal Ball has, has played from behind for some of these Oregon and Miami carryover targets. And I think uh, the biggest upset would be if if Hicks were able uh, to, to pick the orange and green when all is said and done. Because uh, one, that that offer list, or that top group, I should say, is truly national. I think more national than we've talked about with almost all these these kids. Uh, A&M is, is certainly the favorite in-state. Texas isn't going anywhere in-state. They've got as much momentum as anybody but here's the thing he's in no rush he's only taken a few visits he has taken a miami official already so you wonder if you're a miami fan hey how do i gauge david hicks see if he gets back for a game see if he can get down to coral gables or even see a miami on the road at some point i think that could be an extra shot of energy for the canes because this recruitment looks like it could go all the way to to december to the all-star circuit in january so you want to just kind of hover and stay in that three to four range we know texas texas a&m is going to be there and then other teams have popped in and out from a buzz standpoint michigan state oregon chief among them and maybe miami's in that group as well but i do think that they just need to maintain at this point because this is a long-standing recruitment crystal ball may have a chance to go visit him at his house before all is said and done when when the in-home visits start late in the year. So there could be uh, some late play here for Miami. And again, Cristobal has created some upsets with some crossover recruits that he initially targeted uh, up at Oregon. So uh, you certainly shouldn't count out the Canes at this point, especially with so much time to go.
0: Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Got to ask John Garcia Jr. about a couple of offensive line targets when we come back. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So uh, Tommy Kinsler is a couple days away from making his announcement. Three-star offensive lineman who was committed to Florida, decommitted. Miami's been the favorite. The announcement's coming up. What can you tell me about Kinsler? Do you think he's going to be a cane? And also, what can you tell me about the recruitment of Monroe Freeling, who's six foot seven offensive tackle, physical freak from South Carolina? Uh, I've heard I've heard Miami is turning up the heat on him.
1: Yeah, I'll start with Freeling real quick, Alex. You know, uh, Miami got that official visit and, and really resurged up his list you know he, he put out I think a top seven like in May and then the next day Alabama offered so we knew Alabama mm-hmm. was going to start to crash this party but Miami has been the one to crash it from an official visit standpoint I do think Bama is going to get him on campus this weekend so we'll see if they start to factor in more again you, you want to recruit at the top This is who you're going to have to beat for prospects. And we're talking about it with Samson Okanlola, Francis Maui Goa, who's committed to Miami, Jaden Rashada, the list goes on and on. You've got to play against Bama and Georgia and A&M in addition to to the in-state rivals. So I think Freeling is going to be another good case study in that regard you know his family was able to come down to Coral Gables with him they really enjoyed it I think his mom tweeted out something Miami related like two days ago I mean there's certainly some staying power with that hurricane angle but there is this sense of maybe Bama and Clemson being the in-state school pushing late and having some sustainability in this thing but I don't think there's a clear timeline for Freeling as well so I do think that Miami's kind of like with Hicks you got to have some staying power and stay in that race until the end but the good thing for the canes is that this offensive line board could be filling up by that point and and maybe uh freeling would be looked at as a luxury uh by the time he's ready to commit because with tommy kinsler it seems like the moment he decommitted from florida this was gonna be miami's race to lose and we talk about that head-to-head recruiting i think rashada hurt gators fans the most but tangibly you know this would be a flip essentially mm-hmm. because uh you know Bruno as he's known as uh decommitted shortly after committing to Florida in the first place because of Miami's push he took kind of an under the radar visit down to Coral Gables and and really the momentum has not slowed down since then and and I think he's an interesting prospect four year starter uh from Ocala Trinity Catholic one of the better schools that have, have produced a ton Of offensive linemen over the years. He wants to play tackle, but he's got some guard ability as well and a great guard frame uh, as a high floor prospect on top of it. So I think this would be a a really nice get for the Canes as you start to fill out this O line class that by the time the dust settles, Alex, I think is going to be maybe the best O line class in the country when all is said and done. I mean, when you got we go as your anchor and Lola as a potential target down the line, yeah. it, it almost doesn't matter who you fill it in in between, it's going to be good. But Kinsler, uh, Antonio Tripp, some of these other players are, are really rock solid for the offensive interior. So I think this this will be basically an entire offensive line brought in uh,
0: in the first full cycle under Cristobal, which is probably what we should have expected fantastic last thing i've got some personal news that i think our listeners and viewers are going to like for as hard as john garcia tried to keep me out of the club i'm going to be taking my talents in addition to everything we do here on locked on canes which is not stopping it's only ramping up but i'm going to be working with allhurricanes.com which is the miami branch of sports illustrated we're going to be covering canes football uh whether it be fall camp coming up all the practices all the games and recruiting i'm going to be joining the team there on si's miami page allhurricanes.com so i want you guys to blow it up i want you to follow all hurricanes on twitter you should be following already but if you're not Follow them. I want you to bookmark all hurricanes.com and be on that site every single day, because even before I get in there uh, later this week, they're already producing amazing content, covering recruiting. Uh, they covered the ACC kickoff. They're going to be covering fall camp coming up and, and uh and the uh what what do they call that canes fest coming up in a couple weeks so guys make sure you blow up all hurricanes.com john thank you so much for not telling sports illustrated forget (laughs) about this guy and keeping me out of those velvet ropes i appreciate everything you do sir
1: well earned mr dono looking forward to seeing the the writing prowess if it's anything close to to what we get in this medium then i think it's it's going to be a superstar pairing and, and i'm excited to to read your work in addition to listening and watching my friend
0: Yeah, it's like across my writing it's like Ernest hemingway meets charles dickens meets jk rowling it's all it's all in there i have a (laughs) lot of influences in there make sure you guys follow john on twitter at john garcia underscore junior check out his coverage sports illustrated and si.com john thank you so much we'll talk again next week sir sounds good my friend thanks for having me Fantastic. Guys, make sure you get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. Make us your first listen again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.